This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm the general manager here at WZIP. Willie Coleman not with me today, but I want you to listen to something real quick before I introduce our guests. Hello, I'm Ebony Bond, and I invite you to listen to Diverse Engineering, a podcast produced by the University of Akron's College of Engineering and Polymer Science. Diverse Engineering features the stories and voices of people who have been historically excluded and underrepresented in their fields of engineering. I am both excited and honored to share our latest installment with you. This season features women in engineering who are graduates from the notable University of Akron, but from various decades and it will be hosted by me. Learn what it's like for them to be an engineer in this male-dominated field and how the face of engineering is changing. Tune in this October on all major podcasting platforms or stream on uakron.edu forward slash diverse engineering. See you this fall. Wow, that was the trailer for Diverse Engineering. And uh, joining me is Heidi Cressman. She's a director of diversity and inclusion in the College of Engineering and Polymer Science. Also, Deborah Falacoon, who was a guest on the podcast. We're going to hear more about her background, uh, why she took part, and, and that sort of thing. Welcome back, Heidi. You've done this before. I have. Thank <laughs> you for inviting us to come back. You know, Diverse Engineering started, this is actually the second season of it. I think that's the way to put that. That's correct. You had a number of episodes, and it was really, a, it kind of started, this is one of those things when we talk about possible silver linings attached to the pandemic. I think this is one of them because if the pandemic hadn't happened, you probably wouldn't have started a podcast last year. That is correct. We were looking for a way to replace a uh, banquet. And, you know, with COVID, we couldn't have anybody um, coming in contact with one another. So we were trying to figure out how could we celebrate uh, 30 years of our ideas program, which is increasing diversity in engineering academics. And, um, through the brainstorming, we came up with the idea of a podcast, and mm-hmm. it's been excellent. And, I, and we should tell people, too, it wasn't just for the sake of doing a podcast. It wasn't just for the sake of um, reminding people about the program. I mean, it was a fundraiser that That's you were correct. replacing with basically trying to be another fundraiser, but in a completely different way. So we'll have some information for people listening about that. Um, you know, still raising funds, frankly, and definitely ways that you can listen to the podcasts. And there's information within those podcasts, I'm sure, that tell you how you can um, get involved in some way, whether it's making a donation of money, uh, maybe it's making a donation of time. Maybe you are a professional engineer who, you know, fits into the program somehow, and there's a way that you can get back to, to the college in some way. Let's talk a little bit about ideas. You, know, you mentioned that, can you repeat the name of that again? What is what IDEA stands for? I, IDEA stands for Increasing Diversity in Engineering Academics. Okay. And, and that uh, means exactly what? Uh, what we work to do is we try to increase the uh, number of underrepresented students that are in engineering specifically. And so. specifically, it's a field that was dominated for decades and probably still is to a degree by white men. It is, it is, I mean, definitely. That's, that's the bottom mm-hmm. line. Yes. Okay. So, so that's the, the point of the program is to encourage students to consider engineering. So we do outreach, but we also, uh, once we recruit them to come to the university, we work really hard to try to keep them in the program and on, and on track. Mm-hmm. And we've had, I mean, I, I shouldn't, I, I can't cite something specific, okay? But it just strikes me, even from back when I was a student, top-notch 
engineering and polymer research area at this university. Absolutely. I knew students, a lot of the international students I knew came from other parts of the world literally specifically for that. That's why they left Europe and studied in Akron, Ohio. That's right. We, I mean, we have a really fantastic reputation both in the community and, mm-hmm. and around the world. And so, um, you know, it's, it's uh, great to be able to kind of give back in this way using the podcasts and uh, getting more the word out to other groups that might be interested in coming to the university as well. The voice that you heard a couple of minutes ago was that of Ebony Bond. She's the um, host of Diverse Engineering, the podcast. Take us back real quick to the first season. What was the what was the focus? You know, what what were we talking about in that podcast? So in the first season, we we really talked to um, graduates of the Ideas Program specifically. So um, these were folks that had after graduation had gone on to have successful careers, and we wanted to interview and talk to them about how they reached the success that they uh, had achieved in their own careers. So that's what we um, focused on primarily in the first one. Ebony is, a, is an example of uh, a mover and shaker in the University of Akron and also the surrounding area. Um, and so um, we approached her and asked her if she would be willing to do a podcast. She'd never done one before, yeah. uh, but it turned she out she, it, she, she did. She, <laughs> she was just the, the, I couldn't have asked for a better podcast host. Mm-hmm. She's uh, loves the university, loves the Akron area, and it really comes through in the podcast. Well, and she is a product of the Ideas Program, isn't she? She sure is. So. She's a mechanical graduate, mechanical engineering graduate from 2018. Yeah. It, you know, what was fun about that, and I happened to sit in on um, not all of it, but a lot of it, and so I heard these stories that the people were telling, and, and what Heidi described is absolutely true, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just saying, it wasn't like bowing to the University of Akron. It, that's not really what they were talking about. Um, you know, they benefited from the university, and the university benefited from them. But their stories were so interesting, and some of them had nothing to do directly with education. It was, you know, some of the things they've done since then, some of the challenges they ran into. And in some cases, I think it was some of the stuff they learned here that helped them to overcome those challenges, right? That's but, correct. But, I mean, really, it was, some of the things were just, and there were, there were a couple things that were, I can't remember even who offhand, but there was there was one or two stories in particular where I, I guess I felt a little ashamed that I didn't know what she was saying. I didn't know that that some of that form of racism and sexism was happening in the circles where it was happening, you know. And it was it was really it was enlightening, and it's hard to listen to, but it's important that we listen to it. So. Take us to season two. How is season two different from season one? So we had so much success in season two that we decided, or season one, that we decided to do a second season that would focus on women in engineering because that is also an area that is highly uh, underrepresented in the field. And so we decided we wanted to focus on the success and achievements of women through the decades. Um, So we started to look for different graduates that had Uh, come through the program and had had a lot of um, success in what they were doing and then approached them and asked them if they'd be interested in doing a podcast and um, you know everybody agreed everybody was excited so now we have season two and we're very excited to start that. One of those women is Deborah Falacoon who I mentioned earlier biomedical engineering uh, degree holder from this university. That just sounds scary to somebody like <laughs> I can't imagine biomedical engineering. Oh my gosh. But you were successful in it. You graduated what just a year or two ago? Yeah, so I graduated spring twenty twenty. 
Um, it's not that scary. I okay. Mean, it was a little bit <laughs> when I first started too, but um, with the help of my professors and programs like Ideas, I was able to kind of get my footing and be successful. So now, are you from this area? So I went to school, high school in Shaker Heights. So I did grow up in Ohio, but um, I'm not from the Akron area. So okay. no Akron through school. So let me, let me let's let's go back just a little bit. I mean, you know, when you were in high school and considering considering colleges, um, what I guess what brought you to this university when you weighed us against maybe some other choices? What made you decide on Akron? At the time, um, there were not many schools in the area that had a biomedical focus for undergraduates. A lot of them had four plus one programs or they had programs that didn't really feel developed. And I distinctly remember coming and visiting the biomed um, like area mm -hmm. and I saw they had new offices, new labs and everything. And they had broken down the major into three fields, which in and of itself was something that I didn't expect. So um, it really intrigued me and kind of made me decide to come here. Mm -hmm. Now, since graduation, what have you been doing? So I Biomedical engineering? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I currently work um, for a medical device company that is based in Indiana, and I'm working on the labeling for some of the medical devices with them and making sure that um, those labels are up to standard with um, some of the standards that have been set in the European Union. Okay. And are you, are you based then in Indiana or? No, it's remote, okay. thankfully, so I get to work from home for right oh, now. Oh, very nice, very nice. So what's next for you? So I'm considering a, considering a couple of different options. Um, I'm looking at going back to school, which is surprising for me because I <laughs> thought I would never go back. <laughs> We all said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm heavily considering looking into PhD programs, and also I am looking to get my feet wet in the pharmaceutical side of things because I'm currently working in the medical device field, so my interest is peaked in the pharmaceutical side, so hopefully I can kind of explore my options in that side as well. Mm -hmm. I, what, was, you know, what, what was your story? We don't want to give away the whole episode. But when we do get to the episode that you're on, what's a little preview of what people might be hearing? So I remember starting off a little bit about my time at Akron, but I think most of my episode was talking about that transition um, as a fresh graduate and kind of going through that process and was it difficult and the things that happened and kind of what you said earlier about the tools that I got at Akron that helped me to transition into becoming a full-time adult working in industry. Okay. You know, Heidi, when you were talking a moment ago about, um, you know, wanting to make sure that we, we have, you know, representation across the board in the School of Engineering and Polymer Science. Um, I read recently where just it, as far as college students go nationwide, not necessarily just at Akron, but nationwide, that we're now at about 60-40 in favor of females. Mm -hmm, and, that's and correct. As undergraduates. Mm -hmm. What do you have any idea? And I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Do you have any idea what kind of percentage, or or even just kind of a general statement about what the makeup is in college engineering, polymer science, some of the demographics? So I will say that um, currently we're we're about 22 percent female in the college. So if you think that you know overall 60 percent of of the university is made up of women, only 20 percent of the College of Engineering is female. Um, nationwide, the, the figure is about 25 percent, 
And we do live in a manufacturing state, so we're a little bit below the national average in terms of the number of women in the program. Um, but we have been increasing every year since I've been here. So starting in 2007, only 12, 12.5% of our students were female. And so- um, I'm really surprised at these numbers. I, I just assumed, I didn't assume it was 60% dead in your building women. I didn't think that but I would have guessed it was more than what you said. Yeah, it isn't, unfortunately. And it's a shame because the field itself is very lucrative. So the pay is fantastic. Vacation is fantastic. The work is interesting. Um, it's, it, I, I would love to see more women get into the field because of those things um, and because it's such a fantastic career to, to uh, go into. Um, but yeah, we're still not seeing that. Um, but Wait, we work very hard. <laughs> Do you know what's the blockade? Why why don't we have more, you know, high school girls that are that are pursuing, you know, studies and, and careers in engineering? Well, part of it is there's um, there is kind of a pipeline. There is some preparation that's necessary to go into engineering. So a lot of women, um, if they think that they're coming into college and they're already behind for the for the engineering curriculum, they may just not choose it. Um, but, wouldn't, but wouldn't that boys say the same thing? Yes, and they do. Um, they do. But I think that um, boys in some way are more likely to give it a try and, because okay. they don't necessarily feel that they have to be 100% prepared to come into the field, whereas women you sort of... a little cocky sometimes, so, huh? Well, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> it could be, but I think... Um, for women, I think, and you see this too when they're looking for careers or job changes, sometimes they won't apply because they don't feel that they they meet the qualifications of the position enough. Whereas, you know, they say like men will meet 60% of the qualifications and they'll go ahead and apply. Um, it's the same, I think, in engineering. I think there's just a, um, a sense of, do I belong? Can I do this? Um, maybe the challenge uh, sometimes can be an issue, but... Um, it shouldn't be. Uh, I think anybody can really do engineering if they put their mind to it. It's, it's a learned field. So most kids that come into the field, they don't come in knowing. It's not like a talent or something. No, it's, it's not. It's, yeah. it's definitely something that, that if you take the time and you learn the material, you can do it. Um, so, but it's, it's helping people see that, helping people understand that it's not a, it's not a field that's only um, suitable for some people. Do you think that the younger girls maybe, are they, are they not getting the right type of support, um, you know, in perhaps a public school system or even from their family? I think, I think it's a social construct. I think in some ways um, that socially we don't, see it yet as an acceptable field for women necessarily or, or not as much so so you'll see um, a lot of families where the boys will go off and they'll they'll study engineering and they, nobody gives it a second thought and then the girls who have the same brain capacity uh, sure. choose not to and so um, our my goal is to introduce them to outreach to kind of let them see what engineering really is. A lot of people don't even know what engineering is. And so I work to make sure that um, girls are exposed to the field and we give them a definition of what the field is so that they understand a little bit more about what is included in becoming an engineer. And you know what, let's do that in just a moment because we have a lot of young listeners um, of this show 
and let's give them some some basic definitions here. But I want to ask before we do that, Deborah, when we were talking just now about you know whether or not in high school you you receive you know the right kind of encouragement and support and and all that's did you notice anything? I, I don't want you. To, I'm not asking you to put down your school, but I mean just when you look at your younger years, where people when you said, "Well, I'm going to study engineering. I'm going to study biomedical engineering." Were people like, yeah, you go, you do that, you can do it? Or were like, oh, are you sure about that? Um, I would say there was a lot of surprise when I said I wanted to study engineering. I don't even think in high school that that was something that I said. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I knew that I just liked math and science. And um, for a lot of people that like math and science, I think there was at one point I thought I wanted to be a doctor or a nurse because, I mean, that's what you hear as a woman. That's smart. Um, I'm sure the boys that are smart, they get told, oh, you're going to be an engineer, you're going to be this and that. Well, mm -hmm. for women that are smart, we get told, oh, you could be a great nurse, you could be a great doctor, you could be a great, you know, other things. So it's not something that was even really in my mind. And when I said it um, to people, I think it was like during my senior year, a lot of the men and women didn't really know what biomedical engineering was at all. So it was kind of like, what's that? And then, again, there was also that kind of like, it wasn't, there was no pushback, negative pushback. Okay. There was always a positive reaction, but I kind of had to go against the wave to, to decide myself, first mm -hmm. of all, that I wanted to do that before I got that encouragement. I don't think growing up anyone was like, you would be a great engineer. I don't think anyone said that to me growing up. You just said that you think a lot of people probably didn't know what biomedical engineering is, and Heidi's going to give some definitions too, but why don't you explain, if from your perspective, what is biomedical engineering? So... The quickest and easiest way I explain it to people is um, us as biomedical engineers, we make the things that you use and doctors use and any physicians use to help people get better. So all of the um, diagnosing things like MRIs, all of those type of systems, we make them. Um, implants we make, all those type of things, we design them to kind of help increase the life of, or increase the livelihood and help people that are sick get better and um, give them opportunities that they may not have originally, so. Okay, Heidi, let's go over to you. I mean, we have, first of all, you know, besides biomedical engineering, what are the other, maybe you could list the other areas of engineering or is it too lengthy of a list? I don't even know. Um, it's a pretty long list, but I'll, but I'll stick to the, the ones that we areas. have. Right. Yeah, yeah so so um, there are mechanical engineers, aerospace engineers, chemical engineers, biomedical, which was already mentioned, electrical and computer, civil engineering. Um, have I left any out? Did I'm you say aerospace? Chemical engineering. I did say aerospace okay. systems. So those are just some of the different types. You can you can get very very specific. Like for example, we have corrosion engineering, which is a more specific field. It it comes under chemical engineering, but um, dealing primarily with corrosion. So you can also find fields that are more um, have are like a niche field, mm -hmm. um, certainly as I well. I think a lot of people have, you know, at, at least a pretty good idea when you talk about chemical engineering or electrical engineering. But if you get into civil engineering, you know, is that something? I, I think a lot of people probably don't know what that is. Is that one of the ones you mentioned? Yes. Yeah, so civil engineering is is uh, really a field where you're. Um, uh, figuring out how to design uh, infrastructure. And by infrastructure, I mean uh, roadways, um, it could be um, waterways, it could be the buildings that we're actually working in, um, and making sure even that the ground underneath is structurally sound to, 
to hold up these things that that you're designing. Um, so there, there are a lot of different areas, but you, you might also be a civil engineer and work in transportation, which is mm -hmm. figuring out how traffic will flow through a town or a city. Uh, you might work in, in an emergency field, figuring out like if there's a uh, some sort of hurricane or something, um, how will people be able to leave an area or where can they go for safety? Um, and, and in every case, in every type of engineering, safety is a big issue. So um, that's always our number one concern because everything that we make, that we design, that we create is something that, that could harm an individual. So we have to make sure that we do no harm as engineers and that everything that we build is safe. Do, is the student population around equal in all of the different um, engineering majors that we offer at this university, or is there one or two that really seem to be, you know, attract more people? Um, well, I would say, you know, right now, uh, biomedical tends to be a very hot field, um, both for men and women. It's it's nearly 50-50 in terms of men and women. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. When you get into the field of mechanical or electrical, um, it's less desirable in terms of uh, for women, but really the, um, uh, they, they all do the same thing. Uh, but I think people associate biomedical engineering with helping people, even though mechanical, electrical, they all yeah. are involved <laughs> with making life better for people. Huh. So, um, Podcast, when does season two actually drop? You do a different episode each week, right? That's correct. So every Tuesday, starting October 19th through the first Tuesday in December, uh, a podcast will drop. Each podcast features a different woman. Deborah will be our shining star at the end, so okay. she will be the last uh, podcast of all the podcasts. Um, but it is uh, so every Tuesday, a new podcast will drop, and we can get these pretty much anywhere that you would get any podcast, right? Right. So they'll be on all the major um, areas like Spotify, Apple, iTunes, but you can also go directly to the website and download it there as well by just um, putting in Diverse Engineering a Podcast in your web browser and it will bring up the location where you can listen to all the podcasts in the first season as well as the second. Yeah, which might be worthwhile if you have some time, you know, maybe between now and Tuesday or whatever um, to catch up on some of those episodes. You might, there might be names that are familiar, first of all. Um, and if not, you know, introduce yourselves to these people, because like I said, I think they had some really interesting stories to tell. So I would imagine, you know, I know you can't give away too many secrets, but I imagine we have some pretty cool stories coming up. We sure do. As well. So yeah. any other guests you want to mention, even just by description, if not by name? Well, I, I would say that um, when you go to the podcast, uh, please consider what the podcasts are doing, which is we're bringing awareness to uh, underrepresented students and, and um, alumni um, in the hopes that we encourage someone out there to think about becoming an engineer. And we're also uh, raising money for scholarships in the process. Um, and all the money that is raised goes directly to scholarships for underrepresented students. In this case, it will be women. So um, I would encourage you to listen. We have some uh, people that are local and some people that are not local that you can listen to. So um, some are, are uh, big company CEOs. So I hope that you'll make a point of listening. Okay. Um, Deborah, speaking of big company CEOs, is, I mean, is that the kind of thing that you see yourself doing someday is maybe starting your own you know, business of some type or any, I, I know you're like pretty fresh out of college, so you might not have thought quite that far ahead yet, but I'll bet you have some aspirations. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to 
discover more and more how much I love research. So I can see so myself. That's where the possible PhD thing comes in. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where that going back to school and PhD thing comes in. So I can see myself maybe um, being a professor in my own lab or owning my own lab or anything of that nature. I could see myself very highly um, enjoying that. Now the, jo the job you have now that you already described is it. Is it um, you know kind of what you thought it would be? Are you, 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 can you sit back at the end of the week and be like, yes, this is this is what I wanted to do? It was different from what I expected. Okay. But it was interesting in its own way. So um, I really wasn't sure exactly what it would entail, especially it being virtual. I didn't really think that there were too many engineering positions where you could be remote and really have too much of an impact. So. Um, but it just opened my eyes to a lot of like the quality side of things and how those things operate and kind of um, the things you need to worry about on the back end to make sure that everyone is safe when they're using products that you create. Mm -hmm. Heidi, before we go, um, if people are listening, they have questions about the podcast or maybe just questions about um, admissions and that sort of thing uh, for the um, College of Engineering and Polymer Science, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, well, you can email me at hec 9 at uakron.edu. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP FM. Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z